Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Chris Apple. Hey everybody. And Zach Cady. Hello. Alright guys, so before we start our points episode, which I'm sure everybody is really excited to hear our opinions about, we just have a couple shout outs that we want to do. Chris, you had one this week. Yeah, just quick shout out to, to Coach and Ryan over at OCX. Um, they had me on as a guest uh, this past week, and it was a lot of fun talking to those guys about the points. So they're a great podcast, and yeah, just thanks again. I hear they're the second best podcast. Yeah, something like that. The, the official rankings are in. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Jonathan, and you had one. I wanted to give a shout out to the Back to Dials podcast. Uh as some of you may have heard, Back to Dials is uh, shutting down and they're going to not be producing any more content. You know, they were, you know, one of my favorite podcasts back in the day. They and Minox were sort of that second wave of podcasts after the original series. So um, just a shout out to them. Like I said, everyone's probably excited to hear what we have to say about the points adjustments. I know there's a lot of people that are not happy about it. I'm trying to be optimistic about everything. I mean, for the most part, I think what they did was pretty good. They have some reasons why they did everything. Um, but we're just going to jump right into it. Do we want to, like, jump into the general stuff first, or do we want to go right into a faction? Um, like, so j- maybe maybe just some quick stats on, like, how some of the numbers changed, right? To yeah. do that real fast. I don't, I'm sure at this point a lot of people have heard, you know, Various other casts talk about this, so won't do too much of it. But at a, essentially, every faction in total went down some amount of points, right? Rebels barely, like I guess Rebels on net only went down four points. Um, but just to kind of give reference point for this, right? Like uh, Scum went down the most, 41 total, and then Republic went down 38. And then right after that, you have Empire. But these are totals. You can't really infer too much from it. It's just the point is that FFG changed a lot, right? Um, they definitely didn't just increase stuff. They decreased some stuff. Right. Um, and then you know, the other, other thing to mention is that uh, there were a really significant number of changes to hyperspace in terms of additions. So people probably aren't feeling that with like ship ship counts, but there were you know a number of upgrades added and uh, you know we had the decimator added to hyperspace as well. The decimator, yeah, def- decimator definitely went into hyperspace. That's going to be a little bit of a shakeup. Just you know, finally having their large base turret in the game in the hyperspace. Yep. So it should be interesting to see where people are going to list build. Uh, Tua did not get added to hyperspace though, which makes the decimator feel a little bit sad, or at least rack for that much. But. You can look at other options, right? Like, there, it's possible to take things with force charges and then just use your action to, you know, reinforce. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the the thing that I wanted to say, kind of at the top, is that, you know, from a from an overall perspective, FFG was pretty aggressive in like every direction, right? Like they they attacked the top lists, right? They they did, you know, a whole bunch of points adjustments to those those top lists from extended and hyperspace with some gaps. Um, but then they also, you know, kind of went through each of the factions and decreased some underplayed stuff. So while everyone's personal, like, you know, menu of changes that they, you know, wanted, maybe not weren't addressed, FFG wasn't like, they weren't really like, like passive about these point changes. They were aggressive again. 
Yeah, no. Do we do we want to run through like with like the top four list that they attacked? I what the total like the 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 largest decreases? No, um, no, like just like so like I mean like we are right, so obviously number one was quad phantoms. Yeah, so I guess so they definitely hit quad phantoms. They definitely hit um, rebel beef, right? The core rebel beef list. Uh, they they made some significant changes to to essentially like the resistance A wing that we saw. Maybe not as significant as some people might have been expecting, but they hit it. Um, Handbrake on, you know. Handbrake on, yeah. Handbrake on, I, I got completely decimated. Right, they changed almost every card on that ship. Um, you know, we don't have to go through all of it, but essentially, they they clearly are aware of what the meta looks like, right? Yeah. And and they hit everything, you know, across extended and hyperspace. Not everything in quotes, though, right? Like, there's some notable exceptions that we'll get into when we go faction by faction. Um, one that stands out for hyperspace is Tie Swarm. All all that got hit was Swarm Tactics a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, that was the first thing I looked at, like, was that one build with Swarm Tactics where you kind of pulled everything up to I-5. Um, it, it got a little bit of a hit. That doesn't mean that, you know, the TIE Swarms are going to be completely demolished. Not On the other hand, though, I am think it's going to be a little bit hard to come back with anything looking at Drea from this standpoint. As yeah. far as, like, Swarm goes or anything like that, I mean, like, the, the Drea got hit, Vox got hit. Um, it, it's... Yeah. yeah, and we can get into that so, when we go faction by faction. Right. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah. So, do we want to? We were talking about the phantoms and the tie swarm. Do we want to start with Empire first? Yeah, we can. Um, I think it's it's the top of the list here, right? So, so you are the, the expert on Empire. Let's do this. You know, the the first note that I have is um, they they addressed Vader and Sutir, right? They increased both of those. Uh, I was actually really encouraged to see that FFG is kind of aware of how cheap their initiative six pilots were in general. So a lot of them went up, right? Like Vader's and Sutir went up. So did Anakin. Um, they did touch Fen Rao, but they hit Wedge. So th- this is s- sort of like, you know, directionally something that I'm actually really happy with, right? It's even as someone who runs both of those ships a lot, um, it feels, you know, the, the, the one thing I would say is that it doesn't really do anything to decrease, you know, the really kind of 192, 193 range bids that we were seeing from trip imperials so in, in hyperspace at least you know trip ace imperials they're not going anywhere and vader and Suntir aren't you know at all you know irrelevant now just because of these changes you make very subtle changes to your upgrades in the list but that's about it i mean on the um on the live stream max was saying when they're he, they talked about increasing the I-6s and some of the most commonly played I-5s. And I think it's good to, you know, I mean, I-6 is so valuable. And you want to encourage people. I think it's good to encourage people to play other pilots on those same chassis. Because, I, I mean, I think that Vader and Suntir were fine at their previous points. But then it, if you make them a little bit more expensive than it makes other, maybe it makes you look at, I don't know, like Turf or or Merrick or someone else a little bit more just to, if only one pilot, if you only have, if Suntir is the only interceptor being flown or Wedge is the only X-Wing being flown, you know, there's a problem there, even if they aren't overpowered. Yeah. So I think there's a limit to how much that can be achieved though, through these kinds of increases. So you know, just from an empire, strictly an empire point of view, um, I don't see this making, you know, like the generic interceptors played any more than Soontir is. Um, 
so essentially like they would probably have to hit soon tier even more directly if their goal was to do something other than balance you know generally um they don't they'd probably have to decrease the cost in some of the other interceptors is all i'm saying I, uh, and then you know the, the 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 piece that immediately stands out to me as i'm list building for hyperspace is that I, I feel like you still start with Vader and Soon Tier in a huge number of your Empire lists. If you're not running Tie Swarm and you're not running Vader or Soon Tier somewhere, um, the other stuff will crop up for sure. But they're like, they're they're just like bedrock pieces. So any any kind of reaction to to Vader going up in cost? I mean, seeing a Force user go up in cost made me happy. Um, no, I, I think that was one of the ones everyone kind of expected. He went up what? How many points? Like four points? No, no two. less than that. Two points. Yeah, yeah. just two. <laughs> um, which is interesting. I mean, like, so out of all the I sixes, he is probably or so. Fen is sixty eight. He's sixty five now. Uh, well, so he was sixty five base. Sixty seven, right? Now. So he's sixty seven now. I guess you know the main. I'll drive this home again. Like this is not at all going to drive Empire lists to two hundred points. Empire Aces lists are not operating in that range, um, and they have no need to. Um, you know, like Vader's into your bombers is at, right at two hundred now, which is cool. So like they kind of they kind of hit that, um, and it's sort of funny to watch people look at that and be like, oh, I can't run that now. It's like, well, maybe, <laughs> you know, like it's still good. It's yeah. just appropriate now. I, I I get that, and like someone brought this up in our Discord. Where do do you think like the end game of like FFG is to eventually just try to like make almost every list sit around 200. I mean, we've had problems. I, I know they even talked about it on the stream about how it would be possible for like the deep point bids and like how to pass first player. But I mean, like in the end, like, do you think that's what they could be doing is try to force everyone to end up around 200 no, points? Yeah. I, I think that's, it's it's so much more complicated than that, right? Like I, I think in hyperspace in a limited card pool format, if they kept it to like four to five ships, that would be an achievable goal for specific ace archetypes that are sort of bid hungry. Right? When you look at extended, I I'm much less it's just much less, you know, convinced that, that would be even possible. Sure. Um, but it should be a stated goal to make, you know, multiple high initiative lists. Right, either kind of not able to, to to sort of bid to move last, right, by making them somewhat expensive, or essentially you want to force them to be in a position where if they're going to try and joust stuff, which big picture, right, like what do upgrades do? Sometimes upgrades give you a mobility advantage that gets stronger the more you move last, right? Sometimes upgrades give you some type of jousting advantage, right? And that's kind of like that's what happens when they don't appropriately cost the base ship at a high high initiative you get you get these little ace lists that are actually just jousting things so i think i think it's a really really good goal i think it's much more achievable in hyperspace and i don't know if they'll ever get there and extend it right um and then you know that's not what this point adjustment is delivering at all right you you are absolutely still able to bid across factions with i6s right no yeah i, I could definitely think that no matter what state the game is, there's always going to be a way to bid. Um, maybe I'm just thinking of like more of the optimal to yeah. have the most optimized list. You, you're going to be sitting as close to 200 as possible. Like I mean, like well, Brandon. Before, the only point. 
Oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was saying, like, before, like, I mean, like, you could literally run, like, what was it? Ace of Legend could sit, like, what? Like, 187 or yeah, something well, like that? So, I mean, like, I, I right. think that's what they're th- they want to try to push as close to 200 to make that most optimized list. And if you do dip down to, let's say, like, below 195, it's not going to be the most optimized list. All right. Well, so let me just get this out of the way. Well, Spoiler, right? There's an Empire list that's excellent for hyperspace that runs right at 187, right? It's really, really good. It would it would be good enough to make any cut, right? Like, that's we're already back there. Right. <laughs> and that's with the increases to these two things. Jonathan, Go ahead, John. That's good. I mean, the ability to move second is so powerful that I think... I mean, there's always going to be some bids, like the way initiative is, I mean, uh, player order is now. Yeah, and that's and that's fine as long as you have to sacrifice or compromise on some upgrades that make it possible for you to do other stuff. I guess it's we have to mention it here. For reasons unknown to any X-Wing player, FFG decided to decrease sense, right? So, like, I don't get that. That, that to me, only benefits Initiative 6 things that might be running at 200, yeah. right? Like, or I-5 things that are running flat at 200 and want to jout some stuff. Like... That that's a whole layer of this that really complicates things, where um, you know that compromise no longer is there. And I think, I mean, I think bidding is fine with as long as I mean, going back to the squad of legend example, I remember at one of the last, maybe it was the Arizona, it was one of the last system opens. Someone, everyone was bidding down to like one eighty five, or like, and then they were debating going down to like one eighty four, and then someone who did extremely well, or maybe they won in the end just piled on the upgrades and put on advanced sensors or collision detector or something extra onto whisper and uh and then won or did very well uh, i can't remember which tournament that was yeah i think i think it's sort of i'm at the spot now with with all of these bids where my opinion really is this like ffg is going to keep an eye on it like the entire initiative rule system and all the bid systems are a topic that's like on everyone's mind but we're kind of at the stage now where we should just play around the system that we have and figure out the game with the system that we got, you know, and it's like, so like first order is an example of a, a faction that to run, you know, three, you know, I five plus lists, you're at 200 points, but it kind of should be at 200 points because every one of those pieces is high health and can joust. Right. And so like, it's, it's, I think it's sort of something that it'll be really, really good to see play out over the next couple of months with, you know, just, a handful of I6s addressed, right? And then if FFG hits it again in another six months, they'll get closer to that sort of core that they want. Um, but but again, I, I really do think it's it's hyperspace specific that they can do that. Sloan went down in cost, which is crazy, right? Passive sensors is a huge buff to gunboats, right? That's amazing. Um, Punishers get access to reinforce now. Don't sleep on that, right? Uh, the tie advanced prototype, the generics, uh, Inquisitor and uh, the Barons, those are like a really reasonable cost now, and also get some benefits from passive sensors, sensors with concussion missiles. So those are those are looking like better and better filler every day. Grand Inquisitor still seems pretty bad for the cost. That's my my immediate take. Um, and then just last couple of things. Obviously, they hit Phantoms. Phantoms aren't going anywhere. I think they hit them enough. And if people are scared of three Phantoms and Hask, like you're playing extended, deal with it. Yeah, I'm I'm not sold on Punisher's reinforcing. I, I'm just looking at this last bullet point, but um, it's something to look at. Anything medium base, like I think, can definitely take that. 
uh, yep. reinforce action. And then yep. just getting back to the hyperspace really fast, they the 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 tie swarm list lost the ability for a second I five shot with swarm tactics, but there's plenty of ways to solve that. So I guess what I would caution people to be aware of if you're going to a hyperspace trial, probably at least have a plan for 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 tie swarm because it really didn't get addressed and it was already the second best list. I'm surprised. Oh, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't like tweak some of the tie fighters just a little bit. I mean, I feel like Gideon is clearly better than like I don't know, saying Marana or some of the others. They could have tweak those prices just a little bit but i my okay. expectation was that they were going to increase iden like basically iden is the reason any tie swarm list works without iden it's a joke and everything in it is basically going to lose to to most matchups right if it's purely tie fighters so i i the fact that they didn't hit iden was sort of like eyebrow raising right but i it's 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 just maybe it's just an they want this to stay it's, it's they, basically we complained to FFG for months and months and months that Tie Swarm wasn't viable, right? Now it is. I bet they were looking at it like, what are we going to do? Nerf this? <laughs> like that? I can't. It would have been fun to hear their conversations about the Tie Swarm, right? Because the like we communities always demanded something of it. Yeah. Okay. Defenders went down a couple of points, uh, and I know everyone thinks that they went on net up because Juke went up, but Lone Wolf exists as a card, so. You know, I just experiment with Rexler, experiment with Riad, passive sensors. I don't know if there's a role for it to play there. Like it's all it's all useful. Defenders going down is should be on anyone's radar anytime that happens. Lone Wolf on the defenders is great, especially because they're like uh, they are one ship that can do so much. I mean, like especially if you do want to like load up a Lone Wolf defender, or put advanced sensors on it. That's a ship that can take out a lot and be an end game ship, just doing what it does. Yeah, and you pair that thing with Palp, and you have your endgame scenario right away. So I, I just, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of, they didn't do enough to help the Defender out. The Defender was already placing at System Opens, and, you know, you just, you have alternatives to Juke, so use them. Are we going to talk about the TIE Aggressor going down? Uh, n- no, who cares? No. no one likes that ship. The TIE Aggressor went down, but, you know, the turrets went up, so it's kind of like... Yeah, well, okay, fine. So so there is a list you can fly. Sloan went down a couple of points, right? One point, so not a couple, one. Um, but you can run, like, four TIE Aggressors with Ion Turret and a Sloan Lambda and, like, some other nonsense. It's it's control. Um, could probably surprise a couple of people with that. It's still bad. It, it's terrible. I mean, maybe if we get something specifically for them in the future, it might be fine. Sure. Um, all right, so now is there anything left for Imperials that we want to talk about? Absolutely, but we don't want to talk about it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right, Chris, then why don't you jump into First Order? I'm sure this is where you've really taken a look at. Sure. Uh, so so I, the first thing, and this applies to all of the factions, even Scum, right? There might be a lot of people who are disappointed with the Scum changes for some reason, but all of the factions I think this applies to. The matchups got better across the board, and the matchups are going to be changing. Right, so in hyperspace, I'm super excited for first order because pretty much, even though they hit some some of the upsilons semi randomly and increased like the not tabs and upsilons for pretty much no reason, um, everything else went down. Right, like even scorch went down one point, backdraft went down two. Uh, so big picture, essentially, a lot of the first order lists that were pretty much okay before in hyperspace are still usable now with a couple of little changes. And their matchups got better across the board. So, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is that I'm going to be facing Obi-Wan 
you know, maybe a little bit more frequently than Anakin initially. I think Anakin's going to make his way back for sure. But, you know, anyone in any faction should feel a little bit better about some of their matchups. First Order definitely does in hyperspace. Um, extended, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And I don't think any of the four to five ship, uh, you know, factions besides maybe, you know, resistance with all those upgrades really stands a shot. Um, and maybe Republic, but there's no way I'm taking First Order to a like a system orbit after this, right? Um, it may be, but like it's it's much more predictable for hyperspace, and that's where I'm most encouraged. So, what are you what what are you most excited for then with your uh, this with the points decrease? Just the generic SS or not the SS the silencers? Like, do you are you excited for them or? Um, yeah, well, so like the silencers went down a couple of points here and there, so you can pick up like fanatical with a couple of them. Blackout now fits in a couple lists with that, but loses trick shot. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't see the silencer changes really causing too big of a difference in what we used to list build because there's still so few pieces. Uh, the 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 FO2Ps didn't change at all really, but stuff around them kind of did. So the the stuff that I already mentioned it, but scorch and and backdraft getting point decreases and the generic SFs getting point decreases are all things that are really really encouraging. Um, passive sensors exist now, which is a, a nice direct buff to SFs in general. Uh, but even without that, just their price point feels a lot more comfortable. Um, so I'm, you know, again, I I don't think that there were like such huge buffs to first order that it's going to be like this powerhouse faction now. Um, but everything just feels that subtly, you know, slightly bit better, kind of, kind of against the field for hyperspace. So for trials, good to go, right? Um, for for anything else, I don't know. Probably pause. <laughs> so blackout. One of the things, like you said, he lost trick shot because trick shot went up four points. But I think that's one of the things that's cool about blackout is that. He's an I-5 silencer that has that, like, sick ability to double reposition after taking an action or just doing one uh, reposition. But he's still an I-5 with that. Like, I I think people might be looking at that as, like, I need to be behind a rock. But it's kind of like, if you get that rock, it's a bonus. But, like, I I don't think he's something that you're really, like, paying for his ability. Like we talked about earlier that sometimes like abilities don't matter like he's still going to be good because he's an i5 silencer uh that can do what silencers do well yeah so i've I've run a ton of blackout recently right and again i'm not i'm not like i didn't i don't prefer the trick shot version even i run them with fanatical or lone wolf or you know in optics that's that's my preferred build uh the way that list building works though is you can run like you know blackout kylo quick draw and then you get fanatical on blackout and you get fanatical and FCS on quick draw before the point change. You only got fanatical on, uh, on quick draw on blackout. So the, the addition of FCS is a big deal, right? That makes a, a significant change to the way that quick draw engages and, and it, you know, how reliable his damage output is. Um, blackout still kind of doing the same thing in that list. So then you look at like other ways to list build with blackout and, and like the straight fives that you might want, you can run like Kylo, Kylo Blackout and and a Star Killer, and that now picks up um, Fanatical, which it, it could before because the Star Killers went up, right? Um, so then you know you just kind of go down the list, and as I'm describing these things, you got to ask yourself: Would you take it to Extended? That's sort of the question that you should you should be asking: Is is this you know is is Blackout good enough for those matchups? Um, 
I, I, that's, that's where I would draw the line. I am super stoked for the matchups that I see with, you know, Jedi now going up a little bit. Um, and even with Empire, that feels a little bit better, but it's still kind of rough. So it's a super useful ship. Don't get me wrong, right? But like, I also don't want people to get too excited. Like, you still got to earn it with these things because you're not, you know, you, you're going to have to use them to joust at some point. Um, you're going to have to deal with, you know, poor disengages that, that you know, without pattern analyzer, they're going to struggle against. So they're, they're super powerful platforms, but at one point doesn't, you know, shift the meta for that. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I mean, it was more along one of those lines that like, I think people like were so gung ho with blackout being like, you know, I, I need to, you know, be behind a rock for him to be useful. But I, I think he's like one of those things where it's kind of just like, I, I would take a look at him just for the fact that he's an I five silencer. Yep. Um, and, and now he's just because it, it was a point drop. It's still juicy. Like, throw out trick shot you don't need it just you know, Agreed. do what he does yeah and like that's i guess i guess to round this out one point decreases to anything in first order is really helpful because you pick up fanatical and fanatical is a great card right the trouble with fanatical is that there's certain things that before it can trigger the ship gets initiative killed so you know blackout on face value is useful just for the, the fact that he's going to at least trigger the fanatical shot once <laughs> right like you're gonna get some use out of it like something like uh even scorch right you you run the risk of not just investing those two points and never using it um so you have to be really careful with that but otherwise i'm excited for first order i'm not i'm there's nothing really to be negative about are you excited for hawks being nope don't care if that thing were two points i'd start caring oh all right I mean, like you, you, you ran the the version of this that I think is possible, right? You were running the concussion missiles with Hux, right? On on a uh, on an Upsilon, something like that. Yeah, and I I think that's like decent, right? But you're not like you're not back on that bandwagon, are you? No, but I mean, like it, it might be something that I revisit. Like, I mean, it was cool concussion missiles. More than likely, I'm lost on whether concussion missiles is supposed to. Go into effect after the hits are. It determines if the ship hits or not, or if it goes afterwards. Because I see two sides of the argument at this point, especially the way plasma torps have that wording on there that say before the neutral neutralized results step. Um, but I might like be able to fit like backdraft now, and like I might be able to like just like wiggle things around to see really like what i could do like i mean like granted sure. taps and went up but i mean like with everything else going uh, uh around going down I-, I might be able to do have different um outcomes now yeah i i well so thanks for kind of those couple comments because i i think uh you really look closely at concussion missiles in general i know you've talked about that in the past um all of these generic sfs are they're, they're a lot better than people give them credit for i think but it's really dependent on how much value we see from, you know, things like passive sensors, I think. That's kind of where I'm at on it. Sure. Um, so, like, Hux, you know, it's it's sort of, does that help help a list with a whole bunch of generics in it? There's other stuff in First Order that's worth a look, like just, you know, a whole bunch of generic FSFs, and that's it, right? <laughs> like, it's at this point, they're getting cheap enough that that's worth, uh, worth checking out. 
And then last comment on First Order, electronic baffle is now uh, hyperspace legal. And that, if people aren't aware, is is pretty significant for uh, upsilons in general, right? And I, I, would, I would look at that fairly closely. And it, I, I don't think I'll be running it on quick draw, but, um, you know, in a bind, it might actually be useful there. So, yeah, electronic baffle is something that I feel like sort of directly impacts first order in a way that it doesn't help other factions simply because they're damage-based, self-damage-based. Jonathan, have you had a chance to take a look at Rebels and... Or even uh, Zach, I know you are pretty high up on this with your B-Wings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Nah, you first, Jonathan. So I think um, the beef wedging, obviously the beef wedgington list of Braylon, Tenum, Wedge, uh, Cassian has sort of been priced out of existence. But there are still lots of variants of it that can still be very good. I think, I mean, my main issue, obviously as someone who flew Rebel Beef, I didn't have a problem with the power level of the squad, but I do understand it was super efficient. But it really eliminated a lot of the choices you would have in Rebel List Building when you were assembling a four-ship list. You know, you'd be, you would almost always just end up with Braylon and then Cassian and then Wedge, and then you would never look at the others. I remember before they sort of crystallized around that, back even at the Glen Burnie hyperspace trial, people hadn't focused on that yet. So you would still see lots of generic rebels. You'd see lots of more rebel, you know, beef salad, taco salad, like more variation until, but when it just crystallized down to one list, that can, that's definitely a problem. So I have no problem with them increasing prices. And I think Cassian and Braylon at 102 points together are still a really good combination right there. Yeah, I'd agree. I think like people freaking out about this should stop. Beef is still there. Beef is still great. It just means you take generics now instead of as many named pilots. But I, I did a good job here of like very subtly, like Jonathan said, getting rid of the one list that was dominating while still letting this archetype 100% exist in hyperspace. So I think overall the changes to beef have been fantastic. Okay, what else? What, what besides beef then? I mean, like, so I know we have the note here that, like, Wedge is still fine. Wedge is absolutely fine. Every Like, I mean, like, if you just take Wedge naked, he is a-okay. He's worth that, what is it, 55 points now? I mean, yep. I didn't. I mean, I don't think Wedge had to be fifty-five, but at fifty-five, I think he's still worth it. But then it makes you maybe consider the other X-wings a little bit more, because I think in recent, in the last month or two, I don't know, like other than, like what? I mean, everyone flew Wedge, and you don't see, you didn't even, you stopped seeing generic X-wings and other X-wings. Uh, somebody flew fun. Porkins. <laughs> We talked yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at Glen Burnie, I saw Porkins at Glen Burnie. I saw, uh, I saw like lots of generics. But then, but even by the time we got to Red Caps, it had uh, sort of like focused down to just like Wedge and maybe Biggs or Luke. But all hey, the others just finished. Since you used the the word, you summoned him, um, Biggs. 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 Right. Biggs. Like, if you say it three times, does he just appear <laughs> in the meta? Um, Sorry, just to jump in randomly on that yeah. one, but like, like Biggs feels extra relevant now that Wedge has gone up. Like, just wh why won't why won't people use Biggs? Do we have an explanation for that? Because he's not 1.0 Biggs, and that's apparently bad. I think he's better than 1.0 Biggs, though, in many ways. I I'm excited. Tell people that. <laughs> Keep it a secret. No, I I'm definitely excited to see how you're going to put Biggs on the table, Jonathan. 
Well, I mean, if you bring Cassian and Braylon and Biggs, you're at 150 points, and then that leaves 50 more points. So you can put another ship of your choice in that spot. You could put another U-wing. Tenum, obviously. Tenum, or you could put um, you could put a generic U-wing, and you could put um, Leia on a generic U-wing, and then they have to choose between shooting Cassian, but then Leia is on the other U-wing, and then then there's Biggs. But it doesn't have the offensive output that uh, that Beef Wedgington had, you know. So, you know, adding bigs in there costs you that. But you could put, um, but you don't have to have bigs. You could uh, Cassian, Braylon, Jake, and Luke come to exactly two hundred. You don't have Leia, but it's like a new version of like a four ship rebel. You said something really important there. You don't need Leia, right? Like Leia is super helpful. You can have Leia, but you don't need it. Yeah. And I think like Leia like synergizes so well with B wings and U wings, but if you're flying more X wing I mean, if you have Cassian, you don't need Leia as much. And then if you're flying more X wings, you don't need Leia as much. And uh Leia's super useful, but it's not like it, it makes you choose and you can still have Cassian and Leia, but then if you make that choice, you're making a sacrifice. Which I think is good. I'm totally fine with the changes. I'm still happy to play Rebels and may put together a list to bring to... Uh, even though I've been playing Scum for the last few months, I, I feel like I have to go back to Rebels when there's a tournament coming up. <laughs> so you're definitely bringing Re- Rebels to top deck. Yeah, either, either Four Fangs or Rebels or N1 Starfighters. I haven't decided. That is that is quite the diversity of options there. That's awesome. <laughs> Zach, do you have any uh, thoughts on Rebels before I segue this? Uh, well, first off, I just want to touch on something that Chris just said in passing, but is true. I think zooming out for a second to the overall point changes is diversity is back a bit. Like, I think that's my favorite part of point changes is that first month when everything is possible. So, one, I think that's like a good place to sit for Rebels and all factions in general. Um, but piecing through all the other rebel changes, uh, they nuked quad K wings, which I understand, but also don't just like. want a system open. Yeah, so just just for that relevant, Fawn want a system open with quad K. I- I'm like yeah. really shocked that this was never picked up in like the states. Like you, you always saw it in yeah. Europe, I think. But like, it, okay, it's, there, there it's... were a couple players from DC, I think, who ran it, but it was not in large numbers. Sure. But yeah, like that yeah. was something that like I thought like if they didn't touch that could be very that could have been deadly. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely get why they nuked it because yeah, that was a bit of a ridiculous list. Um, it still fits. Just full disclosure, right? Like all the change there is you have yeah. you have all the barrage rockets you want, and you just change your bombs up a little bit. Like like it still fits. It's not yeah. the same though, which is fine. Um. Yep. Yeah. And then I think um, with Leia going up to six points, I think you're definitely still going to see Leia. I think one thing to think about is we're almost certainly going to see another Rebel crew carrier coming into hyperspace in the Sheathapede, which is just so much cheaper. So you could be five, AP five and Leia. So that'd only be 32 plus six or 38 points. Yeah. And like, even if they target AP five and and it it gets taken off the board early, like fine. Like you targeted AP (laughs) five. Like, I'm sorry. Um, you know, like you're still going to get some value out of that probably um, after the first round of combat, and it's also you know just works on its own, right? As a useful coordinate platform for stress things. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one of the things that like I definitely like looked at with the Rebels points change is that the E-Wings went down two points, everything across the board except for Corrin Horn. Which, I mean, if you've listened to us, I've been running a lot of Corrin Horn within the past kind of month. And just touching back to what I was talking about with uh, Blackout was that, like, he's still an I-5. I mean, he doesn't have reposition, but, like, and his ability still isn't, like, what it used to be in first or 1.0 because, like, you need you mean that double bo- reposition, right? Because you do get the advanced sensors and all the boosty stuff. Sure. But, I mean, like... I, I, all right, so like he's still like that i five like double mod that like really hits hard. Like I, I mean, like I was not shocked to see that Corrin stayed the same. Um, the other E wings, I'm excited to kind of like see w- what people are going to do with them. Like I mean, they're perfectly good, uh, like torpedo carriers that are going to basically have a double mod shot on that first engagement, which is. If everyone knows, that's pretty deadly. But I think, like, Corrin, you really got to know how to play Corrin to, like, really make him work. And, like, he's fine at 66. Like, Yeah. So, you mentioned it. Uh, we should we should talk about it briefly. Plasma Torps and Advanced Proton Torps got added to hyperspace, right? And Plasma Torps is only nine points. Yep. So, that feels relevant to E-Wings as well, right? Because, of course, you want a Proton Torp, but, like... In list building, it's a non-trivial difference between nine and thirteen, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and like, and plasma torps is still really, really a strong card. Like that's that's hitting for a lot of damage, and the vast majority of the stuff in the meta has shields, except for like tie swarm and Sutir. <laughs> so um, maybe we see a lot of that, and then quad phantoms feels better about it. I don't know. De- yeah. No. Definitely. Um. But like, like just like touching back with the E wings, like I think they're like. I'm excited to see if they do start to like pop up a little bit more. Don't be afraid to run Corrin. Like I think people are, are very gung ho about his uh, a pilot ability, but it's kind of like one of those things that like when it happens, it happens, and then you have to plan, you know, how to bug out for like a turn or two. But that's almost precisely how those things are supposed to fly: is that they hit hard and then they bug out. So yeah, so I, I mean, like just my experience with rebel like that's a very interesting thing that they did uh keeping core in there and then uh dropping the other things like that that's fine with me like i'm okay with that it's worth mentioning uh regen in general went up right like all the r2 units went up um that that's that's significant for a couple of factions but it most directly affects rebels and republic well they did and they didn't go up for most of the things that would take r2 it stayed the same anything at two agility x-wings to agility it stayed at four points right so but that affects the uh i think that affects the e-wing though right yeah the e-wing would go up and like as we talk about with the public it definitely hits the jedi deltas hard but for a lot of what would have been taking r2 at least like when i was whenever i list build with r2 and things it's usually on two agility ships anyways okay so now with uh, um Sorry, with Republic, they are basically being priced at three agility, regardless if you put the seven B title on it anyway, right? Yes, yes. it always goes off of the printed right. cost on the card, okay. which is a good segue, right? Did we, we hit Han okay already? Did that get touched? Yeah, the, if you haven't figured it out, Han Handbrake Han is dead. You can't put an illicit slot in him anymore. Okay, that doesn't mean Han is dead though. Very important. no, Han is that perfectly just means- fine. That just means, like, set your dial later on is a little different. Right. Would 
Are there any two mods that you would choose to put on the YT-1300 now that it gets a second mod slot? It's a good question. I haven't looked at it. I'm not yeah. sure. And then, do you think, would it have been, could they have taken the illicit slot just off of Han? I just, I don't know. Instead of I, the whole one? No, it's a good question. I, I think they have to be careful with how granular they are on changes, because yeah. it's sort of like, a, it's impossible for them to do too much of that. But realistically, like R2-D2 being more, R2-D2 crew is more expensive, two, more, two points more at I-6. That was that was Han, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing else in I six was running R two D two, so that, that was a big deal. I, the the illicit removal, I think they just are are worried about like, oh, okay, you nerfed Han. Well, let's go look at Lando, right? Because Lando has got arguably just as good of a pilot ability in some ways, or not. It's not it's not as good, but it's still really good. Um, I think that's why they just took it off the platform, right? It was like because Lando was sort of sitting out there unplayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- definitely. Um... I'm glad that they kind of touched base on this with R2 and um, like the ability to have infinite shields and just sit there in one spot. Um, It it is a good thing. It's gone. I don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) So, but no, let's go back to like the R2 Astromax and R2D2, like segueing into Republic. Like it, it is very good also that they are aware of regenning but like even if it is like so r2 astromax now scale off of initiative right i no agility no, no. no the agility that we just agility. described right so yeah. basically like the 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 shield regen uh jedi are paying six points total for that trick now um what i will say is that that is still absolutely a part of how republic jedi are going to play um you know obi-wan and mace still get to take regen. They do that at a little bit different price point. Um, what changed significantly was the inclusion of regen on Anakin and a couple other things, right? Like that's where it's a little bit harder to list build, but there's ways to list build around it. Um, but just the fact that FFG was conscious of it is super cool. Zach, you've been running regen aces, right? Or uh, Republic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a good, good call. Like... It was kind of getting to the point of being auto include, which kind of like talking back to like a rebel beef talk. Like, there was the one way to build these things, and they basically just flipped a switch, and now there's options across the board on it. Like, one thing that I think not enough people are talking about, which makes me happy, is R2A6 on Anakin. Because set your dial later, Anakin is pretty good. <laughs> They killed Han, but but we don't care. We're we're gonna take sense on Anakin with R two A six. Yeah, like I, that's largely what I've been playing around with this week. Both Delta Seven B and CLT Anakin now. Now that CLT went so far down in points, and yeah, Anakin who can decide what speed maneuver he wants to do after seeing everyone else move is ridiculously good. How many points is that on him? Six points. So it's the same as regen. You sort of yeah. need to make your call of do you want regen Anakin or I can move after you and decide where I want to move Anakin. Yeah. So so can we just take a little bit of attention here? I think it's a good time for this. Like we should talk a little bit about win conditions briefly, right? So like the reason why FFG addressed regen is because Anakin was running to time in most of the lists, right? And Anakin yep. is still going to run to time in most of the lists. Like he can regen in certain certain instances. But the, the reality is that, like, 
you can actually play Jedi without regen. Like that's that's possible. Like it might sound crazy, right? But like, and it's not as easy. But it's still possible to run an effective Republic list without wall-to-wall regen on everything that moves, right? Definitely. Um, and that, like R two A six, just is an example of that. Like, there, and it doesn't have to be creativity and list building. Like, you just it, 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 there's more to it than roll up to a joust and forget that it happened. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big, that's the key difference now is that Jedi starfighters kind of moved away from being just jousters, you know, joust it and forget it, to now you really have to decide like, do you want to joust? Do I want to flank? How do you want to go into each game and each combat situation? Ideally, that's and, where like, it would no end up, right? But so, like, let's talk about lists for a second. Um, the, the the list before were Anakin, Mace, two Torrents, tearing it up. That's gone, right? Um, triple kind of deltas isn't going anywhere. You can still run some variants on that, like Obi Wan, Mace, and Ollie is something I'm seeing everywhere, right? Yep. Uh, but that's at like a broadly lower initiative, but still kind of super jousty. Like like Mace is still just doing what Mace does, which is shoot stuff. Like um, Obi Wan has to be a little more conscious. But I think there's like enough room in all those to do very similar things. It's just sort of changing just enough that people are sort of freaked out about it, <laughs> which is normal, right? Like we lose our toys, we get angry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of the existing archetypes are going away for Republic. I think the big thing is that there's new archetypes to play around with now. And N1s, which are huge. Yeah, and N1s, which are huge and a blast and a lot of fun. Um, we have to hit this because I, I, I think Will linked it to us and I, I looked at it sideways and was like, that's a typo, right? Um, Anakin has a talent. <laughs> so Anakin gets juke passive sensors and torps and that's a thing that's allowed with the force charge. So I don't know how many points that is, but cool. Anakin can barrel roll too, a whole bunch. <laughs> don't do it. Don't barrel roll. Uh, yeah, well, save that, save the force charge, right? So you just can shoot something with a plasma torp. No, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, as, as, if they haven't changed that, then I'm sure it looks like he's going to have, which makes sense. I mean, like he hasn't really messed with the force yet of when this ship, can, uh, you know, error that it's supposed to be out in. So I guess that makes sense. I yeah, the theme of it, whatever, but. Um... The, the main thing I'm looking at that there is is sort of any any ship that can take passive sensors and has passive mods, like it has the word passive in it, so just combine concepts and it'll work. Um, basically, any ship with passive sensors and passive mods is going to be kind of worth a look. Uh, so not to jump back to Rebels too much, but like the VCX can take passive sensors and also happens to be able to take Saw Crew and Magbiaro, which you don't need in that case, but you can take Saw Crew or like just Kanan with force charges. Um, so you know that there are also a whole bunch of force options that that can go on that ship. So the N one, at least Anakin's version, sort of inhabits that space a little bit, right? Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And also, not to back to rebels, but since you brought up passive sensors, I do have to say, passive sensors, plasma torp, generic B wings are also really cool. Did we not talk about the fact that B wings were untouched? The generic ones, like they didn't go down at all. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't talk because that's that. like a big deal, right? Like the generic B wings are really good and didn't go up in cost at all. There's still like forty one points, right, or something stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, 
And we we know somebody who had some success with generic B wings, I think. So somebody, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> uh, all my B wings were named. Oh, look at this fancy guy. I did so poorly with those generic B-Wings at, uh, at uh, PAX. Um, moving back into Republic, though, the one thing I want to talk about is like the CLT configuration. Like, I don't, it got a lot cheaper. And like, I don't think people realize how good of a configuration that thing is. Like, I know people were like really upset that like 7B got such a increase, but with CLT, like, I mean, if we're starting to see like large base ships, especially come into hyperspace format, like with the decimator coming out, the ghost is probably right around the corner, the jump master, you're going to be hitting that bullseye like a lot. Like, and it's almost the same as the uh, 7B. I mean, but you're, basically just getting that free focus result well, hold up, though. so i think you still defer to 7b in every case though yeah eh, like no like you take sale t if you have to but you 100 mm. percent take 7b when you like as, as often as you can like so, that's yeah you know, i would say like it's something like to kind of like look at like i mean like i've done a little bit of testing with clt and like don't get me wrong that bullseye arc is hard to get a lot of times like you're basically going to be using a force to try to line up that bullseye um shot like as much as you can which might leave you a little bit vulnerable but at the same time like i i don't think it's anything that's too dismissed like i, I wouldn't dismiss it right i'm not dismissing it. like right. you take five jedi with clt right that fits now so like it's a thing it's super cheap um, right. i i guess i'm just saying like don't don't jump off the seven B bandwagon because FFG made it costed sure. correctly, right? <laughs> right. The other thing is, it's a different game than seven B. Like with CLT, you kind of have to play like the pick your own engagements and you know really kind of like plink damage and then punish when you do get that uh, bullseye mark. Where seven B is kind of just like you know you want to try to punish as fast as you can. Where this is a little bit, it's a completely different game that you're playing with this. Um, but I don't think like anyone should be dismissing this at all. Like it's a completely viable option. Just change up your playstyle a little bit if you are taking it. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and Jedi have like trivial, trivially simple re repositions. So if there's any yeah. card it would work, or any ship it would work with. Go ahead. But yeah, like this is largely what I was practicing this week since the points change was Anakin with CLT. R2A6 and Brilliant Evasion, which comes at 76 points. So Anakin, with perfect knowledge, who can readjust his maneuver and then reposition to get his CLT shot off pretty much every time. And remove stress, right, when he does the sloop with that? Because if you got yeah. the bullseye, then you lost the stress. Yep. And also the fun of R2A6 works on his K-turns, since he can decide if he wants to do the 4 or the 5. Wait, really? Oh, yep. I hate that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just whenever you reveal your dial, you can change to a maneuver of the same bearing of a speed, one higher or lower, and it's a 5K and a 4K, so set one and pick one's the better option. Right. I, so I guess I guess what we're saying here is that they made CLT cheap enough that, like, you're thinking about it, whereas before, Zach, like, you had just stopped entirely. Like, it was just like, nope, that this isn't worth it. Yeah, I had played around a lot with CLT right when Republic came out, wanting it to work better. But it just it wasn't quite there. But now, like, it's definitely an option. I agree. Like, seven B is 
sure, far and above the better one, obviously. But the difference between, you know, five points and 20 points on Anakin for one upgrade. Yep. That's a big difference. It could be a big change to, to list building there, potentially. Um, I, I guess also just segueing slightly, it's a similar topic, but I, I feel like one of my favorite Star Wars characters, we have to talk about him. Like Obi-Wan is 66 points now at 7B, right? If you want the regen, it's a net two-point decrease only, but 66 points for 7B Obi-Wan. Like, we were talking about Blackout earlier, who's 60, 65 points with Fanatical now, right? Uh, that's that's insanely good value for Obi-Wan at 66, right? Yeah, and also Plo Koon went down huge. So What's his total 60, now? He's 63 with 7B. Yeah, like that's just... like I'm, so, if, I, if you're a Jedi player, you should be so stoked about that. Like that is crazy awesome. Yeah, like you can easily fit without regen... Make sure my math is right. Yeah, Mace, Plo Koon, Obi-Wan, all with 7B, fits in at 192. Wait, all with 7B? Yeah. Right, so like then you get back to win condition, which is like, I want to joust and forget that it happened. Like, well, maybe you don't have to. <laughs> um, but, so, but that's at 200 even, right? Uh, that's 192 for Obi, Plo, Mace, all with 7Bs. So you've got eight I... points left to put some stuff on them. Yeah, so you can you can throw sense in somewhere or whatever. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, I, this this is sort of like the clearest indicator that I saw though, where FFG was like, "We want you to run the i five thing." Yeah, definitely. Not to like jump back to Empire, but I just noticed Obi Wan with CLT is fifty one points, and that's one point cheaper than the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, well, so th I, I said earlier that the Grand yeah. Inquisitor, I don't think, got enough help, right? Yeah. Like, I think I think you can do things like passive sensors and a missile on the Grand Inquisitor, or you can, you know, there's other ways to kit it out where it's decent filler, kind of, um, but it's still at a point cost where it's like, why aren't you just, like, I still look yeah. at that, and I'm like, ah, I'll just take some tier. I see that, like, a naked Obi-Wan or naked Plo Koon is pretty comparable to the Inquisitor, right? and they're so much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the past, though, right? They're all paying the green price. The green price. It's the the three agility, which, mm. like, I, again, I'm not super on the CLT bandwagon because I, I think the power of these Jedi is they do more consistent, sustainable damage than pretty much anything in the game. They put so much pressure on opponents because every round is three damage. Um, but three agility is pretty sweet. So we're talking all about these Jedi. The Tarrants also went down. <laughs> the named ones, yeah. Tucker's real cheap now. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tucker definitely has a spot in lists now at 29, especially if you want to play around with, like, it, Anakin in a 7B and another yeah. Jedi in a 7B. He, there's a good 29-point filler. He went down two points, right? Like, he was the one named Torrent. We're like, yeah, he's probably pretty good. Two point yeah. decrease, <laughs> and Swoop gets minus one. Justice for Swoop. Yeah, I mean, it made sense looking at like the N ones and the Torrents are roughly fighting for the same spot in lists, and the N ones are just better across the board. So Torrents needed to come down. Like, that just Fair. had to happen. What do you? What do you? How do you feel about the uh, named arcs coming down in cost? Like Wolf coming down one, Jag down one. Uh. Again, I think it's kind of similar. I think it's like now that the N1 has come in, and again, like the upper level of the N1 is right around like the lower levels of ARC, you need to start like 
costing those things against each other. And then I think it's also giving... So on these factions that are really small right now, since they're brand new and only having so many ships, I feel like every time they add a ship in, there's going to be some fairly drastic points changes across the board that we might not initially expect. Because you have to make sure that all those building pieces, all those building blocks fit together somehow. Yeah. When you change this much, it's like, like we're, we're talking a lot about speculation and all this. And like, this is still good. That's probably good. Truth is, they change so much, we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, it's practically an entirely new faction at this point. Like, forget everything you once knew. Try something else. And that... f- find room for an N1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach, what do you think of the N1? Um, Overall, I like it. Still trying to figure out the optimal place for it. Or optimal like upgrades and everything on it. I think one thing that people are sleeping on a little bit, because they're so upset about it on Jedi going up, but uh, R2 astromech on them is great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah so You can run Ollie with, with R2, right? And you still got room for Obi and Mace? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I would actually take R2 over Juke on them pretty consistently. I think people freaking out about Padme need to stop. She's good. She's not amazing. She's going to be way better on higher ship count lists and really good against high agility aces. But outside of, like, those two things, I think people are misremembering how many focus results are rolled at one time. <laughs> well, so but it's against everything. Um, it's against everything in the list, right? Is yes. Andrew? Are you whispering to Zach? Yes. That he's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's wrong. Well, I mean, uh, Zach's been notably wrong before, so I think we're okay to assume this again. <laughs> no, being uh, wrong uh, is fun. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think people really don't understand, like the impact she's going to do. Like, I mean, like even with like our, I had this discussion with some people about like, let's say she has Han rebel Han and arc, like, and he rolls, I don't know, focus, focus hit. And you're like, okay, I want to Han that. And you're just like, okay, well you can't, you can't mod that one focus result. You now have to reroll just focus hit. Like, uh, I don't know, Zach. Like, I think, I think she's good. And I, I mean, like, I think, I know I've talked to this with Jonathan, like the chassis is a little bit weird that like they're having a hard time turning around and stuff, but um, I don't know. Like she really gets some like Republic beef like list. Like, I don't know if she should be in a list with like Jedi and stuff like that. Like, but there's really some fun that you need to test out with her. But yeah. go back to what you just said. Like that is an exceptionally specific situation that is probably not going to happen in a game with Han. Probably so, not. Th- think about think about this. How many times have you been rolled up with a, a, a this is your opponent rolled up with a double modest shot and they like let's say they're firing a proton torpedo and they roll I don't know um, hit hit focus or, or like hit focus and they two blanks and then they re-roll the two blanks and now they're left with hit focus like that other focus result is yeah, as but, good as a, as but is that something that we're sad about that well, double auto proton torps now aren't as good against one ship let's put level setting here right like 
don't focus on specific things that'll get rolled or like the moment that will happen, right? Like Padme in general is going to give your list a defensive and offensive boost, a small one potentially sometimes, but it's still it's still possible, right? And it doesn't stop being a ship in your list that's dishing out damage. So like we like Luminara, right? Luminara is good. Padme's also decent. Like it doesn't have to operate in extremes, right? Like it's it's just something that's gonna help your list out, obviously. Right. I mean, like I would never like build something like specifically around her per se, but like I know we were a, a lot of people were very very low on like heroic and like the math behind heroic. But how many times have you heard Paul scream heroic at the? You know, it, it <laughs> well, happens. You gotta a lot understand. More than he you yells think. when his opponent rolls blanks too, and even right. if they don't have heroic, he yells at all blanks. <laughs> like I mean, like people always remember the like times that they rolled all blanks and they never remember the times that they rolled all hits i think this is one of those cases that it's going to happen a lot more than you think and you really have to like the rules are a little bit weird on it that you have to be like okay like it's not just focus you it's not just spend a focus token for one focus result it is you can only modify one focus result and that means rerolls that means concordia face-off I mean, I don't know how many times I've rolled, like, you know, um, let's say, like, with, like, fo- like three focuses or, like, something with, like, hit or evade, focus, focus, and I would only be able to modify one of them now with um, Padme in my face. Like, right. Like, so, Andrew, we're all on board with you. I guess, I guess my point is, like, let's not overanalyze Padme. Because sure. it's just... It's just a ship, right? Like, like, I feel like, in general, there's these ships that crop up sometimes that are, like, just, like, huge question points to the community it's like well like it just it does a thing right. <laughs> you I'm, know? I'm just like, saying blow Padme out of the water if you're up against her blow her out <laughs> sure I mean that I don't disagree with I just still think you're misremembering how many focus results are actually rolled uh, well, are we, I mean when you feel bad when you have like three focus results and you can only modify one of them I, I'll put it I tested Padme twice right it it like at least once per game it mattered so I'll leave it there, right? Like, it happens. But yeah, like that, once per game. And like, I've done her six times now, and it's she's, on average about once per game. And she is the most expensive one, so... How much would you pay for a shield upgrade? Huh? Right? How much would you pay for a shield upgrade yeah. or a whole, whole upgrade mm-hmm. on a ship, right? That's that's what Padme's giving you. Like, that's the kind of thing. It's saving you damage, right? And giving you damage. So it's it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. We should probably move on from Pendant because, <laughs> but um, and moving on from Republic, I guess we've really kind of captured everything from there. The only thing we missed was uh, Battle Meds went down, Dedicated went down. Yeah. Something will break with that. Cool. Yeah, figure that out. Um, do we want to save the Resistance or jump right into? Because I feel like Resistance might be the winner of this whole entire thing. Would you? Yeah. Uh, well, so like, there's there's resistance scum and and separatists left, right? So we probably could pick up the pace on some of these, sure. but just just for resistance in general, I, I want to highlight that there's 24 upgrades in hyperspace, which is significantly more than than the next closest faction, which I think is like 16. So it just I would I would mention at the start. It feels like Resistance has a ton of ships with a ton of upgrade options, and it has a bunch of upgrades available. 
So, like, Ray will get figured out, the transport will get figured out, there's enough tools there that, that they can sort it out. The Star Fortress, not so much. You don't think the Star Fortress is going to make... I I can't see it. I can't see it right now. Every Star Fortress I build, like it, like trying to build Finch Dallow, you end up over ninety points so fast. Yeah, and that kind of feels just, bad. It feels terrible. And like you you, you build up Venny, and uh, you're just relying too much on your opponent being bad. So I I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not I'm not seeing it yet. Yeah, no. I, I really think that the big winners were the Falcons. I mean, Ray dropping seven points. Han is what seventy one points now. Yeah, that's kind of my point with the upgrades, right? Is that like Ray and Han went down significantly enough that like something has to come from that. It's impossible for it not to, I guess. Like, like seven points is a big chunk of change. Yeah, and, and like uh, you could just literally like kind of like pair anything with Poe and R four Astromech, and you got yourself a list. <laughs> well, so so getting into some of the specifics on that, I guess I I you know I, I was looking at. Poe and and Ray and Han and then like a third ship and trying to make sense of what's available there. You're still pretty light on upgrades, um, even in that case. So you know, you, like you could build a list for sure. That's kind of like starts with Poe and Han or Poe and Ray. Uh, but it, but you're not. I guess I, like you don't have that sense of freedom of like, hey, may, maybe this thing is like 15, 20 points undercosted, <laughs> you know, on net, right? Um, you, you, I, it, there's still some some compromise to be made, and that's probably a function of how FFG costed all the new content, which is fine. But you know, like like Poe can run uh, next to a couple of T70s in a pod, which is something that I was looking at briefly, and the A wings didn't go up enough in cost that they're not in list. So like they hit Lulo, but you can still fit Lulo next to, you know, a whole bunch of different things. So yeah, I, I the super Poe that we talked about before the point change, I'm still looking at it with Holdo. I think it's still on, it should be on everyone's radar. Yeah. The, I'll, I'll be honest. Resistance is the one list that like, I do not want to like be matched up against. in when I'm when, uh, like ever get a like, hyperspace trial coming up, like if I, I'll I'll, get, I'll be honest. I'll probably get nervous. <laughs> like, well, it's just, partly because you might not know what the cards do, right? Right. Exactly. There's so much going on. <laughs> and it's just kind of like I, I don't want to see turrets. I don't want to see like the falcons. And like it, it just it feels like I'm going to have to chew through a lot to well, even make damage. Or, right. Like, well, you're running quad fangs potentially, though, right? Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, like, against that, like, oh, sure. did I just out your list? No, 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 I'm talking about that. But, like, I'm saying, like, even if I wasn't run- running Quad Fangs, like, I feel like it is something that, like, uh, it- it's going to be, I-, I need to do work in there to really kind of, like, make any kind of progress. Fair. So let's talk about this a little bit. Like, like we can't get into the specifics of a build yet because there's too much nonsense, like, to figure it out, right? But we'll get there eventually. Archetype-wise, what are we expecting? Like, Generally speaking, I expect something to break with the coordinate like options of the pod, right? Like just throwing a pod into a list that can coordinate a thing is a pretty good strategy. We've seen that before with the escape craft, right? That is definitely something that will happen. I, I, I expect there to be a whole bunch of lists. There could be a five ship resistance list that just has a pod in there coordinating one portion of it. Um, and that'll be true for the, you know, the, the YT-1300 as well. The problem that the YT-1300 still has is that it's got a really tricky dial, right? And the boost and the rotates are all red. 
right? That's you guys have talked about that in the past. So it's a little bit weird because it's like the coordinate doesn't directly solve that. I don't think uh, Holdo might and Leia might. So for me, the like the ray decreases, I think, depend entirely on how much everything around ray solves that dial action problem. Um, so like I'm I'm not. I guess I'm not like nervous about resistance yet, right? Something will be good. It's just it's hard to see it. Yeah, for that um, the red action problem, I do like the resistance crew core Sela six points. You know, when you do a blue action, you clear all your stress. So if you combine that with the new Falcon, the Scav uh, Ray's Millennium Falcon title, you know, so then she can sloop and rotate, and then the next turn do a blue and clear all the stress that she's accumulated. Okay, so increased threat level to two concerns. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so okay, so so yeah, I mean that's that's certainly helpful. Um, but let's let's talk about Ray a little bit, right? Like Ray is going to only be as powerful as things she can keep in arc, right? And Ray absolutely hits like a truck. I don't think a lot of the player base has experienced how good Ray's offense actually is. Um, it's the kind of thing you should be afraid of being in arc of, right? Like there's, it's it's you have to avoid it. Um, so, but even with like all of the the stress relief that might be available to that, um, the counterplay I guess is is strong enough that I, it feels okay, right? Um, unless unless something weird happens with like sense and some other nonsense. And I think with the uh, coordinate, like the resistance transport, like um, one of our locals, he had a resistance transport and from Barnes and Nobles and we're, I was playing him and it's, you forget that that thing has eight health just like, cause you look at it on the board and you shouldn't judge the, the toughness of a ship based on the model sitting on the board, but you just assume it would die easily, but it has eight health. So it's no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And Kova, Kova in particular, we talked about this in the past. Kova doesn't die very quickly either. Like it's a B wing with the, like to agility and then i think if there's a good cannon up i mean they have a cannon upgrade slot so if there is a good cannon upgrade to slide in there it can be surprisingly it could contribute a surprising amount to offense if uh, i don't know if um, like the auto blaster will or ion will turn out to be good but like there's some options that are pretty cheap yeah I, so we talked um last time you mentioned that this might might happen i and because it was all in the image right and I was shocked to see that it has an astromech, a torpedo slot, and the cannon. Um, so I, the, the list building we've been seeing so far is all like transports with crew and things like that. This thing has a torpedo? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it has a torp, and it has access to force crew. That's good, <laughs> right? And it can be coordinated by higher initiative things. So like, I don't know, like this thing is not at all just a coordinate platform or a support shuttle. It can be throwing dice. Uh, uh, one of the things I do want to try out is that the Han Ray um, with a pod with C-3PO. I just think coordinating something across the board is going to be a lot of fun. So, sure. I mean, like, the, the, you can do all kinds of weird teamwork things now in Resistance, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, um, is that, like, there was supposed to be the Resistance archetype that, like, we've kind of, like, we've seen 5A, but, like, maybe it's supposed to be, like, these heroes... With like these like small support items, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, again, we're we're not super content heavy on this because it's like the least solved faction. I, I think um, what what's you know, Zach was mentioning that things have changed so much in Rebels that it almost feels 
you know, a little bit different, um, even with just the slight changes to beef. Like, you're still going to run beef, but it feels different-ish, right? This feels completely different. Like, like Resistance feels like a totally new faction just because of the Shuttle Edition. There's so many new upgrades. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot to figure out. Right. I, just a couple other things worth mentioning. Uh, Greer didn't change at all. So the A-Wings went up, but they didn't go really that far up. So Lulo still fits, but Greer has not changed. And Greer was awesome, right? Yeah. Greer got like three actions all the time. Didn't really matter. Um, and then R2HA and R5X3 got added to hyperspace, which is worth looking at. Sure. All right. Let's move on to Scum. Uh, I'll take this one. <laughs> so I would say that like overall they have not changed much in hyperspace with the exception of the fire sprays. Uh, Bobo went down one point. The rest of them went down two points. Um, is it enough to change the hyperspace format? Maybe a little bit. Um, I think Boba will probably pop up a little bit. Guri went up a point, so like I know a lot of people are running Boba Guri, so maybe that kind of counters out a little bit. But other than that, like it would be interesting to see how what fire spray list people do come up with. Other than that, like nothing is really did change uh, in that well, so, ma- regards. Well, so in regards to to fire sprays specifically. No, or? I'm just saying like hyperspace in general, like uh, scum in hyperspace. Okay. Um, yeah. Ah. So I've been seeing that a lot. I, I guess I, I have to go back to the matchup thing, and I, that maybe is like a silver lining for a lot of scum players that probably just upsets them, but. In, Fen didn't go up in cost, right? Right. Like, like he's sixty-eight points, and all the other I six ones went up. So, I, I I feel like you know there's a little bit of patience required because in, in hyperspace in general, it's such a li- it, it's not it's not that limited of a format, but it's limited enough that these types of changes could really have sweeping impacts on what it feels like to play a faction. Sure. No. No. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. I was thinking more of just like list building mechanics. Um, the list building isn't as diverse, but I guess that's a thing worth pausing on. Do we expect hyperspace list building to feel different after point adjustments? Mm-hmm. I think the answer is no. Yeah. No. Pretty much no. It, it, like, after massive changes to what's in the format, maybe. At some um, point, I believe that's true. I think these early points changes, maybe. Yeah, like, like the top list get knocked down, right? Um, but I, I guess I'm, like, confused about the expectation that you know, a point adjustment would somehow change the four or five ship format from the way the list building works. Is that crazy or? No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, uh, like, uh, I think like, or going back to like what people were saying, like people are still going to run beef. And I think like with hyperspace, like people are still going to run Boba Guri. I just don't know how, all right. As a list building experience, I don't know how much it's going to change because, like, it just feels the same. But, th- but again, that's what my point is. Like, you don't play hyperspace for the list building experience. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't. Like, that's not why the format exists. It, it's it's to like force us to use certain things and to restrict the meta. No, sure, sure. Um, I not to be super contrarian, but you get what I'm saying, right? Because it's like. Like, Scum doesn't feel like a huge number of changes happen, but it's not like I'm looking at First Order after more than half the faction went down in cost and thinking, here are all these more viable lists. I'm still just looking at Kylo and two Upsilons. Okay. Right? <laughs> and like, I don't I don't know what they could have done point-wise to make that change, other than to right. remove the ship. Um. Yeah, okay. So, but I- I'm 
I, I think Scum will definitely be a contender in hyperspace, like in these regards. Then, um, especially because there was a lot of changes elsewhere. I think they kind of left scuff, uh, Scum alone, and it, it all right. So like back when like everyone was kind of expecting that first points adjustment back in January. Everyone was kind of like, okay, Rebels are priced accordingly, but everything else is just really cheap. And, like, maybe that's how I feel right now about this. Um, because like, well, you made a really good point there, though, right? At all, some portions of the best list and other factions went up in cost. Scum didn't. Right. I mean, Curry like... went up one point. The Fang Fighters, like, have not been touched, and they are still, like, completely viable options. Maybe not Joy Rekoff, but... I mean, I have Fen sitting at 68 when everything else went up. Um, old Terok has not changed. He's an I-5. I don't, he's completely viable. Um, Fang fighter fear of rear arcs is still a real problem. Right. Like, I, I, will, I will absolutely compromise on that. Like, the fact that your best ace is afraid, terrified, really, of range 2 banned turret arcs is troublesome. Like that's that's really hard. <laughs> no, definitely, um, and like I expressed that fear a little bit with like resistance, kind of having all these different arcs, um, big large base turrets coming into the game, uh, into hyperspace with basically putting their arcs side to side. It, it is something to really kind of like concern yourself with, but but they're uh, not super stoked about range one fen either, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. Like their their low agility self is is not long for the world if if fen's hanging out in range one. I mean, like, Fen's still getting four green dice at range one, so it, it is, you know, nothing to scoff at. But I I think people are probably saying that, you know, Scum is stale, but I, I think they're going to be contenders in this next hyperspace trial. And you, you'll probably see at least a couple wins. I, I'll, I'll call it now. Um, yeah. Because everyone list, knows like... I'm winning top deck games hyperspace trial. <laughs> um, oh, man. And I've already committed to Scum. So... With that being said, though, like like I said, I think list building options are probably going to feel a little bit stale. The fire sprays are something to take a look at, and this is strictly hyperspace uh, talk right now because I'm going to get into extended in just about two seconds and squeal on how much I'm excited for it. But um, contraband oh, yeah. cybernetics is three points. That's in hyperspace, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. That's like humongous. Con- Contraband is is so many things have an illicit slot and it just it just helps everyone's dial right like that's that's not a small deal at all right so like I said I mean does anyone else want to comment on hyperspace I scum? Well, I think we've hit most of what we're going to I I I just hopefully people like kind of keep an open mind to what happens right it's tough because it's like when it's your faction and it was the worst. You want it to become the most bestest, brokenest thing after the point change, but like they can't do that. Um, I'm glad you said that because I had this thought earlier. Like now we've entered a state of the game where people can um, only build or like they can opt into only buying into one or two factions. Now, when someone like you know that is opting in just to say like rebels and seal their stuff go up like. Do you think that's something that might not be good for the game, or do you think that's something that like people just need to really kind of like take a step back and like look at other options? Yeah, I, like big picture, just people need to take a step back and chill out, right? Like it, if you're flying hyperspace, you have to reset your expectations of what's possible. Um, it, it's it's problematic when like you look at extended and you might have picked a faction 
that's just artificially bad because of its ship count, right? Like that, I totally understand. But if you picked a faction for hyperspace, you shouldn't feel like you're, you know, at a specific disadvantage. Extended, you can feel that way, no question. Sure. Well, and like, this is a thing that exists in other games quite a bit. Like in Magic, like, you can't like a card too much. They may just pull it out of rotation. Like, in 40k, you can't like fall in love with something. It may just get errated into the ground at some point in the near future. Right. I guess, I guess, without getting back into the format thing, right? Like, just this whole concept of picking a faction, like, the existence of hyperspace makes it more possible, not less, to, to buy in, provided that they balance the top, the pile, right? Which I think they're doing, unless yeah. Tyson just inherits the Earth now that beef has gone down. Sure. Um, all right, so I want to get into extended scum stuff, and boy, yeah. am I excited. Would so what's you... out there? What are you excited about? All right, so Lancers, I mean, Ketsu... Didn't go down at all, but the Shadowcaster title went down three oh, points. Ketsu super did, yeah. So Ketsu basically went down three points. All the other Lancers went down, I think, two points. Kiraxes, I know we've probably like said how bad they were, but I mean, like thirty-eight points for a generic Kirax. Like, can you draw the parallel that I have in the notes here? Because I think it's an important one. How much does a barrage bomber cost, right? A scimitar, it's like thirty-seven to thirty-eight points. Yeah, you just buy that stock now. Right, like, like you just get that, like it's just, it's just infinite barrage, right? Like, that's awesome. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Drea, like Drea is the only thing, like they really like, they gave her the phantom treatment that everyone was expecting on them. Like they did it to Drea. Like, I, I shouldn't really say too much because she went up seven points and like, there. That's is... the second time they increased her. Yeah, and they increased the turret, so it's kind of like she's even sadder because of that and i mean like granite so it's basically like an eight point increase on her like i'm not sad that they did this but like i i think it's a lesson in there though like if if ffg increases a card and it stays meta relevant the next point adjustment they hit it with a sledgehammer (laughs) because because drea got destroyed man like it's pretty much like just just two points last time right i think was the increase yeah, and and now seven. In addition to all the changes to veteran turret gunner, like they're still punishing Drea for the fact that quad jumpers were good the first go around. Yeah, definitely. I, oh, I, it would be hard to put Drea in a list now. That makes sense. Haven't tried yet. I don't know. Yeah, it's not something I'm really willing to try either at this point. There's so many other fun things. Um, Jumpers, Howl Runner is a big one. We don't have to go back to that, but the yeah. fact that Howl, like I didn't, didn't go up in cost at all, but Drea did, should give people pause. Sure. Uh, Jumpmasters went down. I'm still like, all right, okay. So Dengar hits like a truck. He hits hard when you shoot him. He shoots you back. But I, I think like two points. They got the gunner slot, which is cool. They definitely needed that. You can throw something with like Agile Gunner on there. Um, but anyone that has really kind of flown the Jumpmaster around, like, knows that, like, if you can ignore it long enough, it's out of the fight. Like, you just either kill Does it. contraband change that in a meaningful way? Not, or no? So, okay, like, not necessarily, because here's the thing about that, is with contraband, you still get, like, a second round of shots you can still take actions while you're stressed or anything like that the problem really is clearing that stress 
Uh, if you can maneuver right and like finagle your way around the jump master, it's you know after that first turn, it's not can, going to matter. Can't you take electronic baffle? Isn't that an option? No, they don't have a tech slot. They don't. No, no, no. That's a mod, isn't it? Oh, do they? It is a mod. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like self damage Dengar is like where it's at for me. You put R five E eight on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, so so Dengar is a perfect example of a ship that like. It's coming to hyperspace. It seems excellent for hyperspace. Like as soon as Dengar is allowed in, and that's very soon, right? Um, that that seems totally fine. Extended, you're like maybe, but I could probably just take a Lancer. Right. That's my that's my stance on it. Like th- th- it's still an I six that does a bunch of like you were talking about blackout, right? It's an I five that does some damage sure. and gets the shoot. I think Dengar inhabits that space, but still might be a meme. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to really take a look at electronic baffle. I didn't think about that, but like, I mean, there, there's been those times where like I've loaded Dengar up, I've brought him naked, I've you know done the proper amount of testing to kind of just be like, okay, I, I'm not sure this is really viable because it, it. No matter what you do, if you start on the right side of the board and you need to K turn, it's bad news. If you start on the left side of the board, you're constantly trying to work to the right. I don't know. Um, mm. Ryan over at OCX was talking and played, I think, uh, a little bit old T Fen and Dengar. Um, I, you know, that might just be because of the the initiative level that that kind of feels right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's probably something you played in the past. Maybe I don't know. Did that yeah. not fit before? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I threw old T in there though. If it didn't, but um, so getting back to like just the points adjustment of Dengar, they dropped them again. This is the second time they've dropped it. They've even given him the gunner slot. It's going to hit the point that like it's going to be cheap enough that you do just bring him because he can shoot probably about four to five times before he dies. Like, yeah. When are we doing the alt art of of gritty for Dengar? Like this is this is the like mascot for scum, right? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things that they like really kind of pen- punished Dengar. Um, anyone that played first edition, like they know what Dengar did and why he's the way he is now. But um, and that's why we talk about him so much, though, because he's just like so defining for the faction. Right. He, I, you would think Boba would have been it, but like in first edition, but Dengar was it. So, but it's really interesting to see that they dropped him again, gave him the gunner slot. Um, so besides, so besides, the, like you're not looking at any of the other jump masters too closely, right? No, I. Yeah, I so what really kind of caught me was Manaru. They didn't touch. Okay, is so, that a signal? Does that mean it's good? It could <laughs> be. Like I mean, Manaru might be one of those things that you bring and you kind of like bring her with R five P eight the title. Um, what do they know? I don't. I can't see it. It, there might be something there. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but like, just her being able to pass green tokens away could mean something. Like, I mean, like, and then having a mod with R five P eight. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I know the jump master is kind of near and dear to you. So don't want to move you on too far. But like, can we talk about IG eighty eight D crew? Yes, briefly? I do want to talk about that. Because that, to me, like the two biggest changes I see in Scum are contraband to three and IG eighty eight D to three, because like those just seem like really applicable to any list um and that that ig88d crew is fantastic 
Yeah, I want to. So let's talk about the crew, and then we'll touch base on the actual IG eighty eight and generally the aggressors because I want to talk about them real briefly. But uh, yeah, IG eighty eight D crew like getting two calculate tokens for three points is super good. I mean, like there's so many, so much synergy there that like you could pair him with Lando crew and spend one of those uh, calculate tokens to get a reroll and then have a mod basically. Uh, two calculate tokens are huge to begin with. Like, yeah, and this was one of the. I think it used to be three points, right? Like, this is one of the cards that went up as part of the first pass at you know taking care of scum, I believe. It might have. I can't remember. Uh, I, th- I think triple zero was the one that went. I don't know if IG eighty eight went up. It, it might have. IG went up. It did go up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was part of the combating boba pre. Right. Sure. Right. 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 Wait, so like it's it's I know people have been putting Maul on on Ketsu and the Lancers right like everyone looks for that but calculate tokens are kind of force charges too um, unfortunately you have to spend the action to get them but there's other ways around that in Scum we don't have to get into all that but it's possible to end up with a bunch of calculate tokens and still have an action free it's definitely something that like uh, I know people are like well why don't you just take perceptive copilot and it's like seven points I don't know. Um, it's something that's pretty cool. The other thing that I really am looking at is just they drop the IG-88's B, C, and D another point. Like, and you can now take three IG-88A with two other ones and the title and have it all fit. I know last time we talked about this, the last points adjustment, like I said, don't do that because you can't fit IG-88A. But... Uh, this is this is something I want to put on the table now. Like this is something I want to do, but I, I think also because IG eighty eight D got to drop, you can absolutely take two IG eighty eights and the aggressors and like four lom. Like that fits, and like you can basically throw B. You can throw a cannon on IG eighty eight with the title. That that's pretty scary. Like I don't, I don't think people. Yeah, so so like even just IG88A, something with IG IG crew on it, um, is flexible. But that didn't change really in cost. So you, like I, you you actually flew double aggressors at pack, right? Yep. Does this move the needle enough that that's back on the table? Double aggressors? I'm not sure. I it's something I haven't looked at yet. It's something I do want to look at because I mean, there's some new upgrades that have come out. I would. I mean, I, I haven't looked at this in a while, but if it's possible to run IGA, you know, one of the other good ones, and then a third not aggressor with that crew, it feels like that should have more options than it did before. Right. right? And especially because they kind of rely a lot on contraband cybernetics too, because every once in a while they might need to sloop and, you know, get that action just to, like, live. But, um, yeah, because yeah. you can't pass you can't pass everything a calc token. Like four alarm kind of can always have a calc token, right. but like IGA is only passing one at zero to three, right? Right, and I just want to look something up real quick. Is four alarm when you perform a calculate action or it's stress maneuver? I think right, right, right. But I'm saying I'm sorry, IG88D is that when you acquire or after you perform a calculate action, you gain a calculate? Okay, I wasn't sure if that was acquire. Um, yeah, no, that'd be crazy. You're saying like, so if IGA was just throwing two calculates at everything, right? Exactly. Well, if IG88D, like, well, I'm saying if like Forlom acquired the token from doing the red maneuver, if IG88D gave him the second focus or calculate token, right? 
I, I don't know if this is going to turn into like real meta stuff, but at at, at just face value, um, having three things with mods is good. Sure. No. No. I I, I think from as if I was building an IG88D list, or I would probably look at doing two I, uh, IG aggressors and something else as opposed to maybe like two IG88s or three IG88s. Um, I might be looking at throwing IG88D on a YV666 because why not? I mean, they have a cannon slot. I mean, like, granted, there's right. not many good cannons, but it's something that you can consider. Like, well, so just looking at it, like a, IGA, four LOM, and another aggressor leaves 19 points. Yep. That's a decent amount of, of, of room to play with. Um, may, maybe there's something there. And then, I guess, just moving off aggressors, uh, jumping back to Lancers, Ketsu and Two Things was performing well already, right? Yeah. It's only going to get better. So that should be very encouraging for Extended in general. Um, M12s went down, right? Guri went up one point. I don't care. Like, Guri's good. That's It's still very good, right? Uh, but YVs in the party bus, any, any hype for that? Yeah, I, I'm excited to test it out. As far as oh, competitive wise, I'm not sure anything's worth it. Like it's something that like I just like kind of want to play on a casual night. Okay, nothing more. So it went down two points, right? The yeah. uh, how much did Boss go down? Yeah, Boss went down two points, and Morallo. Uh, yeah, I wonder... still one of those things that like I kind of want to just test out with the Hound's Tooth. It's one of those situations where, like, you know how people always talk about jank, and then eventually jank just becomes this awful, terrible thing no one wants to play against? Mm-hmm. Morallo feels like that. It's so crazy and cool, like, at first, and then it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> right, and, like, one of the things I thought about, like, Morallo was, like, you could point Fortress with it and, like, get away, especially if, like, you are, like, low on health, but, like, the YV just dies, like... Yeah, um... I don't, two points is a meaningful change, though, right? Like that's enough to to possibly change something. I don't know. Sure. I mean, well, you could like fit some crazy things with Jabba the Hut now and contraband cybernetics on yeah. the YV. Did cloaking device go down at all? Or is that still at five? I think that's still at five. Okay. The coolest scum upgrade. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, I definitely think. Uh, uh, like I said, with. Java and contraband, like that's something to maybe look at. Like you're going to be stressed at pretty hard, but you're going to be shooting modded shots every round. I don't sure. know. So um, I think we've hit mostly everything. The yeah. the only one we didn't hit is similar to Empire. I'll mention the word, and you can tell me if you care or not. Seeks didn't go really <sighs> to get too much better. Does anyone care? I care a little bit. I think yes. That, <laughs> that was no, it just. Real briefly touching base on that, like I think they needed it. Like, okay, maybe not a huge thing, like, but like a point or two, they definitely deserved it. Yeah. Do you think they're waiting for like a, a wave five point adjust that none of us were expecting? I don't think so. Okay, because it's like it's just a little weird, right? Because they're going to be in the new boxes. You'd, I I would have thought they'd look at them. So maybe they're just pricing them based off of hyperspace. That could because be, they, no one will use it in extended besides Sirisu, probably. That's something that I was really thinking about. Is like if you throw them things in hyperspace, like they might be able to do something. I mean, like Genesis Red is still like a great 
munitions carrier, especially if we see things that are lower initiative. It's tough though. It's it's low. In, it's it's hard to get the lock to trigger the ability. I guess what I'll say on Seeks is that Sirisu did place okay randomly at like a, a, a late system open in one of the Ketsu lists. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if like I wonder if they know something we don't about Sirisu kind of enabling certain certain archetypes. Because um, on paper, Sirisu's ability is generally useful. It's pretty um, good. Like it's it's not. I don't know if it's forty points good. Right. It's a very big question because that's that's approaching Lulo territory. Um, but it, you know, it can still take a torpedo, or maybe they priced it based off the fact that plasmas and advanced proton torps are being added. So, you know, do you feel a little bit better better about Sirisu with the torp? I would be worried about a 50-point Sirisu. I don't want to run that. Yeah, I mean, like, she's got the I-5 status, but, I mean, like, she just doesn't hurt. Yeah, well, so I have actually experimented with it. It's just, of all of the one, all of the ships in Scum that I have sympathy for, the Seeks are the one. That that should have changed, probably. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I don't think they need a big buff, but they, they definitely deserve something, and Sunny Bounder is probably still the best pilot in the game, but maybe that's what it was. They couldn't drop her down to 29 points. How do the cost know. of the generic Seeks compare to Taps? That's an interesting question, right? Like, the, the Seeks are uh, 28, the Cartel, and then yeah. Naldra is 31. Um, where the Taps, I think you can get an Inquisitor for how much? 32. Like, or 35. 32. 35. The Inquisitor's but, 35, Barons are 32. Okay. So that kind of maybe that's in line. Maybe they're just where they want them to be. I'm not saying right. yeah, but you get linked actions with the the taps. You I don't sure know. do, and like a really good linked action too. So All right. we got anything else to say on scum? I, I think, think we covered a lot. Okay. Um, I had my fun. I'm expecting to see if I can make one meta prediction, I'm expecting to see scum control beef make a comeback, right? Four ship, feel bad about the game, scum lists and extended. Spoiler like that's, alert. Paylob's still really good. Correct. Um, uh, moving on to separatists to, to round things out, which I think separatists. everybody talks about separatists last, which is sort of unfortunate. Right. Um, but if I could say like just like two positive things for the faction, um, hyenas look. I actually think they look good on paper. Um, I, at five HP, two agility, they only pay thirty-one points to take a, a basically a, a, the energy shell variant. Um, so comparing that to other things that can throw three dice, like not much is 31 points. <laughs> That's incredible, right? Like like Null is 31 points, just as a frame of reference, uh, and is only throwing the two dice with maybe advanced optics to go above that, right? Uh, so for me, on paper, the hyenas seem like uh, a really important piece for this faction. I know that FFG said that directly. I, for one, believe them, right? I, I think that that HP count is just high enough to sort of alleviate some of the frustration that we've had with separatists which is basically i bring vultures and then i have to remove two that i paid for right um hyenas hopefully alleviate that just enough that you know we're not we're not feeling bad for separatists in like two months uh any any other i mean like the only other thing that stood out was order 66 went down three points and the infiltrators on net went up a lot uh so this feels like FFG saying to player base, like, please stop running two ship versions in the Swarm faction. Like, stop doing that. Yeah. Um, I, all right. So 
Uh, I think the Belbalum. Like yep. Uh, that that's that was a deep cut that they did they took. Like, Big time, right? They went minus two on Imperium. Uh, minus four on Solus, minus three on Grievous. That, that those are huge buffs. Yeah, I mean, like that's something that like you really should take a look at. Like, I mean, everyone says about how bad they were, but like that is huge. Like those things don't die with all of those upgrades on there. Like you, you should really take a look at that. Yeah, reasonable. Um, I know we don't of the four of us, we don't really do much with Separatists in general. I own all of it, but I've just stayed away from it after I ran a couple of Ultra lists. Um, the, the Ocho is still playable, right? And I, the Ocho was kind of like hovering around the cut uh, in most hyperspace events, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like doing much once it got there. I don't suspect that that's going to change much, right? Like the the Vulture Ocho, um, but I the the mix of hyenas and vultures and, and eight ship lists is something I definitely have my eye on. Um, it, it they they made significant point decreases to the faction, so. It's sort of like, you remember when they did the first point change and we were all wondering how Empire would be good? I'm wondering if this is in a similar category, which it was just sort of like, in that range, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Extended, I have no idea what this thing does, because with passive sensors being added, it's the Alpha Strikes are only going to get more uh, effective. So there's things like, you know, Plasma Twerps and, and, and passive sensors enabling more Ordnance Strikes, right? So that doesn't just work for low initiative versus high initiative. It works for everything in the card pool. <laughs> so I am a little bit concerned that maybe ordinance is going to become that much more popular that it it, it like specifically negatively affects separatists. Because I don't think they're super stoked about ordinance in general. Uh, but that, that's, that's super speculative, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I liked the change that they did because, like, uh, the struts needed to go down. But I think, basically free now, right? They're one point. Yeah, they're one point, and like because the vultures went down and like the missiles went up, like it, it kind of gives you a lot That's of room to weird. play with. Yeah. Well, so it was a little weird that the vultures went down too, but then ESC went. Or no, so the vultures went down, but ESC went up essentially, right? Right. right, right. Um, so that that it, you know, if I were a diehard separatist player. I'd feel a little bit upset about that because, like, the Trade Federation drone went down one point, and then they they just made ESC five points, right? So that's that's a little bit weird. But I, I maybe again, I can't I can't really speak to what FFG is planning here, right? Because it's it's that tells me that based on what they said on the stream, they really mean it, right? They don't want us to be running ordnance on the vultures. Uh, but if they don't want us to have ordinance, what do they want us to do with them? And how many do we need for them to be useful kind of situation? I think they want us to uh, fortress on the rocks with them. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, <laughs> all right, no, they so, don't. Uh, moving let's, on. Let's dismiss that, right? That is not fortressing. It's fine. They're just vultures. Deal with it. Yep. Um, so anything else like with separatists? I think it was pretty... I, I, I would be like I would like to see like how many people like have a favorite faction and would actually say separatists are i think i i know well so ryan over on ocx like i gotta give that guy credit all the time for really trying to make this work and i'll tell you there's some lists out there that are not like super super easy to dismiss right like no they, absolutely not they, they do work um it's just it's just there's a sense of frustration with you know where it was um and it, they they were so bad that like the hyena has to be 
really significant. Because what would be what would be really unfortunate, right, is if, if separatists have to wait for the Nantex to be relevant. Um, hopefully the hyena changes things enough that that's not required. The Nantex looks so good. Sure um, does. All right, so let's round this out. Do we want to talk about the generic upgrades? Just breeze through them. Yeah, we could do this super fast because we've already hit on like almost all of them, right? Yeah. And it's, it's late and there's a limit to how much we can cover here or should. Probably already covered more than we should have. Right. Um, so I, I have to highlight again, like the the sense decrease is something that should be alarming to, for everyone. Um, those types of mechanics are, I for me, I don't see any benefit at all for a game like X-Wing to have mechanics that involve being able to flip your opponent's dial. Unless it's like restricted to a specific initiative range to help like reverse the negative effects of everything moving after you. Um, but but big picture, right? Like sense is going to go on an initiative five thing and make a high initiative list better. And I, that to me is just, I don't know what FFG's thinking. That makes no sense. It's like the only change in here that actually gets me riled up. <laughs> everything else is like, whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that one I think everyone should be concerned about. Uh, instinctive aim went down one point, so that's kind of cool, right? They entered, they, they gave us plasma twerps, and instinctive aim is minus one. So, you know, that, that's that's neat. And then it's inquisitors that might, you know, passive sensors is available, so I don't really need that. Uh, and then veteran turret gunner, that went up too. So, five Y wings dropped off the face of the earth a while ago, kind of. Uh, but no one needs to worry about that going to a trial. Yeah, so. another thing that, you know, they just killed with the uh, Skurgs. Yeah, it was a casualty of that, probably. Um, which is, that's okay. We're going to get the VCX eventually, and it'll become relevant again. Maybe it needs to be two points more. Sure. Uh, any any other things that stand out to folks? Not really. Hate. I mean, scaling now, like, is pretty big, because, like, I, I mean, so, like, yeah, with Asajj going down, hate, it's... Probably a good call because Asajj having the two green dice as opposed to Maul having and Dooku having one green dice is probably fine. It probably balances out, so that's okay with me. Yeah, and I, I, this is, you know, like it's still three points on on Vader and Kylo. People might look at the like the infiltrators and wonder why Maul specifically is targeted to have to pay nine points um, or or Asajj. But it really just boils down to, you know, whether or not you think a ship should have that level of modification available, you know, with that kind of consistency. At the higher HP counts, it's guaranteed, right? Um, when you take hate on on Kylo or Vader, it's extremely impactful. But it's there are games where it doesn't happen, right? Sure. When you take it on an infiltrator, it happens every game, no question for sure, because it's one agility, right, on a whole bunch of HP. Um, I think it's the reliability that they were targeting there. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 not based on variance, I guess is what I'm saying. Where with Vader and with Kylo, it sort of just sometimes doesn't happen because you might not be taking damage anyways, which probably is triggering people, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think that double infiltrator list, I don't think it was overpowered, but it definitely felt very like combo wing, like back harkening back to first edition with all the different triggers and upgrades and yeah, and all the different like I'm, they're flipping tokens and they're doing this and this and this and this and then it was just I don't know I thought it was a little much but yeah I, and I, I think it's it's good to see that FFG like targeted a list like that um, there's probably a guy who like when he found out that separatists were being added all he wanted to do was run two infiltrators and he's sad now <laughs> but that's okay 
like the rest of us. Two infiltrators. Yeah, and, and, and that guy's name is Duncan Howard, so I don't <laughs> care, right? So like, I, I think it's I think pretty much it's the right direction. Sure. The, the person we should be cheering for is Ted, right? Ted is running the Ocho. That's awesome. We want the Ocho to be relevant because it's hilarious. Um, and it makes for funny, stupid games where it's like five aliens versus eight vultures. <laughs> All right. Um, so any other upgrades that we want to touch base on before we close out? No, let's just let's just wrap up with some final slots, right? Like, um, you know, just kind of going back to the general themes. I just want to reiterate on some of this. Like, FFG is aware of Initiative 6 Aces, that they're really good and should be priced higher. They helped us with that, right? FFG is aware of the top list, Beef in particular, being too good, and they touched on that. Um, they they maybe missed one or two things, but generally speaking, FFG did pretty much everything that people were complaining about, right? They, they, they went after most of the lists that were kind of on our radar as needing changes. There were very few misses. So on net, I we should be pretty happy, I would think. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's go around. Like, I mean, Zach, do you have anything that you like? How? What are your thoughts? Gut reaction. Everyone needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> uh, I think overall, like, this was both very like we kind of said that these were sweeping changes at the beginning, but I also think there was like a lot of subtlety to this. Actually, like on the face of it, it looks like yes, they changed a lot of things, but it was lots of very small fine-tuned tweaks here and there that added up to a bigger points change and i think it's just it's opened up options again and like me personally i've really been jamming on the republic lately like the republic was getting a little bit stale already because of its small kind of pool and knowing exactly what was probably the best thing there now it's a completely different faction like there's all kinds of just options that are open now that weren't really open before so I think that's the case for probably all of the factions. It's it feels really good to get a new ship into a small faction, right? Yeah. Like that's 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 another really significant point, which is that we got the N one, and that that does change how Republic plays. And, and the hyena bomber. And well, and, yeah, we were just talking about it, right? Like <laughs> like these these uh, the fact that the point change landed with a wave is crazy because it's like if we just had a point change and none of the ships changed, it'd be like one order of chaos. But we got like three new ships, right? Um, that that adds a whole other layer of chaos to it. Yep. Jonathan, how about you? Do you have any uh, final thoughts on the points changes? No, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I agree with uh, Zach. I'm pretty happy with the points changes overall. Uh, I think, yeah, they addressed all the major sort of meta issues and. You know, they had said before they I mean they are shaking things up and then when list building gets stale or when it's obvious what the best you know, or going back to beef, like beef Wedgington was obviously the best version of it. It's good to they sort of shake it up so that you can start looking at other pilots again. And then, you know, maybe we'll start seeing, I don't know, like Thane Kyrell back on the board again. He sort of disappeared. he was around all over the place and he's vanished over the last several months though. Hey, bio kept running him. <laughs> <laughs> bio had him in a list at a trial through cut. Right, made, yeah. a, made a final table. Um, um, yeah, one of one of the things that I have to like kind of remind people at is so we know we're getting points every about six months. I think this came a little bit sooner than six months, probably because with the N one release, and, and I think the, if the N one was to come out when it was supposed to, what was it, July? Um, not July, uh, June. June. 
whatever. It was like two weeks after that that they gave us the points, which is very similar to what happened the last time was it was about two weeks after we got wave two. So that, that's something to consider. But you also have to remember that we are getting another wave probably in the end of quarter three. So And we're not getting a points adjustment. So there might be things in there that we're not seeing and is purposely being points adjusted for that. Um, just a, a thought on mine that I, I did post on our Facebook page was like people were real upset about Juke going up. And like they're blaming that specifically on the, the the phantoms, which what I'm also seeing is that we see a new EPT coming out called Snapshot, and I mean if we know anything about Snap A's or Snap Juke A's, like that could be like basically just future proofing it for that as well. So like keep in mind we don't have the full picture here as what the next six months is going to with like you know come out with. So keep that in mind when if you're like ever like uh, upset about it or something like that. Like these points could be like for the better for some things like that. Absolutely, and like the the only place that uh, an opinion of staleness is valid is in hyperspace, but that's that is changed by wave five, right? Yeah, that's not like if you go to a hyperspace trial, you're still going to face similar archetypes. That was always going to be the case. When we get the VCX and when we get Dengar you're still going to face similar archetypes because there's only like five maximum in X-Wing ever, right? But you'll have different components. And that, that's where that staleness will go away. Right. And, and that's like the other thing is like we might not get another points adjustment in wave uh, five coming out, but we might get like different like rotations in the uh, hyperspace legality of things. So that's something to consider too. So, all right. Uh, anything else before we close out? Uh, just... That like as you're testing things and thinking about the meta, just keep a super open mind to the matchups for for trial season, right? We're going to be shifting to extended soon after, probably after top deck, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just would encourage everyone who's listening to to really just like don't don't think too much about what did didn't happen with the point adjust. Just sort of sit down and, and build your list for your trial. It's there's there's a lot to be excited about. All right, to uh, close us out, I just want to thank everyone for listening. If you are a fan of the show, check us out on Patreon. We are working up our next alt arts that uh, might be included with those thank you notes. So check us out there. Check us out on Facebook. We have our podcast page and we have our group page at uh, Liberty Squadron on Facebook. So other than that, I want to thank everyone for listening and have a good night.